welcome back to another episode of We're Watching Star Trek, the original series. As always, I'm Brandon, and Paul's back today. Yo, yo, what's good, people? Uh, another episode. Let's get it going. And Dan is not with us in spirit. He's actually with us. I guess not technically in person. He's like <laughs> in another town. But Dan, Dan's here either way. You know, I escaped the Shadow Realm, so howdy, everyone. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's, it's good to have you back. It was a long week for you. I said something about you and Spirit, and it sounded like a eulogy we were talking about when we first started the episode. So <laughs> apparently I, I may have been talking a little bit too much. Wait, so if you're here like in person, are you not in Spirit then as well? Well, it, it's complicated, and we don't have time to talk about where I'm at currently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're at your headspace and all that. Oh, man. Uh, all right. So we're just going to jump into this. It's uh, Season 1, Episode 20, Court Martial. Original air date is February 2nd, 1967. And uh, it's it's court stuff, which is really relevant right now, oddly enough. We keep having that, too. Like, we have uh, we run into these episodes that are really relevant in current world topics, which I know we, we try not to really talk about those on here because we don't want to date the podcast. But... Yeah, there's there's some good stuff going on there. I would say that to you all the time. I would say somehow these real world things in this episode, the show keeps coming full circle, which is kind of rare and random. What happens? Yeah, all this time later, and it's still really relevant to current events, which is crazy. But uh, yeah, this episode it opens up with a shot of the Enterprise, and we get a second ship, which is the USS Intrepid, and they are orbiting an Earth-like planet. And it's interesting to get to see another ship, but it's kind of disappointing that it just looks exactly like the Enterprise with a different name on it. I, I was kind of all for like a different design. I wonder if that's just the design of all ships look that way. I'm assuming that all the basic ships yeah. look that way and then they just name them something else. I mean, so far, yeah. <laughs> 100% they look exactly the same. We've I, only I, seen the one other now. I, I, well, these I, might I, be I, like I, the I, first, like, what, generational uh, starships. Right. So they might all look alike. Well, if you think about things, like, so many things in life look exactly the same anyway. You can customize things. A lot of times when you go, like, a, like you go to, like, a, let's say a battleship. I'm assuming all the battleships in the armor right now look the same. Or like in all spaceships, I assume they look the same, and then eventually there's a different design, and they don't change it in the future. Right, and if the ships have the same purpose, it's not like they're going to go out and change them all. Like, every aircraft carrier looks the same because it does the same damn thing. And then, you know, as technology changes, we change the design. But, you know, if, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Yeah, one thing I noticed right in the first scene we are about to get, by the way, was uh, in the background, it's the starship status, and it lists all these numbers of the spaceships and what, how far they are get, from getting maintenance yeah. on I thought it was really cool. I never researched all the numbers to find out the names of all the ships, which I should have done. I don't know why I didn't, but that was really cool. Yeah, because right here they're going back, or they, they went to uh, Starbase to get some maintenance done on the ship, and I feel like half of their five-year journey would be doing this, because that ship has been fucked up so far. Everything from internal stuff to literally getting hit with a, a nuclear blast. This thing has to just spend a shit ton of time getting repaired. I didn't think about that. I'm assume, I assume they had like a self-repair people on the ship for everything major, I'm assuming, but maybe it's like a certain amount of time you have to go and get it fixed no matter what, because you might be too far away from a, a star base to get your stuff fixed. If right, you get but so they I'm can't bring they like big panels to repair the outside of the ship, I'm sure. I mean, there's there's obviously has to be some stuff inside that they can fix, but... The major damage they had—they're yeah. gonna have to go somewhere. I'm sure you got to get you know your oil change at some point, <laughs> yeah. even though it's not oil. That <laughs> yeah, the ship's oil. <laughs> that, that's a that's a good way to start. <laughs> you know, like it's, it's oil. How much oil do you think that thing takes? 
Oh my goodness. Oh man. Uh, they just <laughs> 100 bust out a fucking shipping container of those like quart containers. <laughs> oh, let's get her started. Imagine imagine if it took like a drop of <laughs> imagine if it took like one drop of oil because yeah. it was so special. It's like one drop of oil that's a little bit up the whole thing. The whole it ship. runs like brand new. Yep. One drop. Yeah, so they're over in this planet. And you can see a couple shuttlecraft that are leaving the Enterprise and heading down towards the planet, which is weird, because why not just beam down there? But whatever, they have shuttlecraft now. They're going to use them all the time, I bet. And we have uh, Kirk giving a captain's log, just explaining that the ship has suffered considerable damage in an ion storm, and they lost one crewman as a result. So immediately, I'm like, hey, 47 deaths. And then, obviously, we know that changes later, but... They're going uh, to Starbase 11 for some repairs, and Kirk has given a full report to Commodore Stone, which he looks really familiar, but he, I, I can't place this guy. I know it's not the same guy, but he looks exactly like a more modern, lesser known actor, but I, I, it could be him, I guess, if it, if he didn't age. And I guess it, it doesn't even matter me saying this if I can't bring up a name and you guys don't know who the fuck I'm talking about, because I don't know who I'm talking about. <laughs> it reminds me of a guy. So we'll say that. But he, Commander, or Commodore Stone is the commanding officer of Starbase 11. So Kirk and Stone are in this little room and they're going over Kirk's report and Kirk's feeling bad about the death of uh, crewman Lieutenant Finney, which is, I don't know why specifically this guy, he's, he's killed 46 other people up to this point and didn't give a shit about any of them, which is, that's, that's my entire <laughs> issue. Well, apparently rank means something. I put that in my note. I put, why is this death such a big deal? And then I thought, oh, all deaths are reported and investigated? I didn't know that because people have been dying so much in the show, they haven't made it a yeah, big no deal. Yeah, no consequences so far. Uh, apparently when you're a lieutenant, it starts yeah, to matter. it's all about rank. You lose the ensigns and nobody gives a shit, but you lose a lieutenant. It's like, hey, we we invested in that guy. Yeah, they, they, they don't care about the lower deckers. They're like, ah, they're expendable. <laughs> expendable. Yeah, and everybody can fly the ship apparently. So if you lose the helmsman or the nav guy, just grab literally anybody out of the hallway and you're fine. I mean, hell, at this point, I believe I could fight the ship. Like, yeah. Oh, this is some <laughs> Probably, buttons. yeah. It doesn't seem too hard. But in fairness, though, I'd probably be one of the first people to die on this ship. Like, Kirk's like, hey, we're going down to this planet. Oh, I'm dead. Oh, yeah, yeah. If you're if you're on the bridge and you're not Ahura or Sulu or uh, Spock or McCoy, you're, you're probably fucked. So speaking of Ahura, though. Uh, Kirk gives her a call to find out where Spock is with the uh, extracted computer log. So Spock's like working on getting the, the ship's records to bring down. And Stone and Kirk are talking about Finney's death. And Kirk explains that they were on a red alert and the storm got worse. And so he had to jettison the pod. And they, they never explain what this pod is. They just keep saying pod. They, they make it sound like it's some kind of, kind of like escape pod. But they also kind of make it sound like it's a shuttle. Yeah, I yeah, couldn't I figure that one out it. either. Yeah, the whole episode, they just keep saying the pod. So I'm just going to keep saying the pod, not knowing what the fuck I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm not but sure. But apparently either. he had a tough decision to make, which is why he's the captain. And he said, all right, fuck it. This guy's he's a goner. So Spock beams into the room with a computer report. And he starts to say something, but he gets interrupted by Commodore Stone. And then this girl, Jamie, walks in. And she starts yelling about how Kirk killed her father and saying that you know, Kirk hated Finney all his life and that Kirk's a murderer. So we get... That that part, which I figured there was going to be, you know, a, a daughter or a wife or somebody that's going to hate Kirk for this. Kirk's like, I don't understand. None of my other crewmen's wives react this way when they yeah. die. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he specifically picks ones with no families that he fucked up that, this that time. Is yeah, that's funny. Well, here's my other issue. Uh, she just walked in there like it was nothing. Yeah, she's that, on like, that a military base. Security? 
Yeah, dude, you yeah, know how well, security is. Yeah, well, security. Once again, security's losing their job again, and then part two. Yo, what is she wearing? Because <laughs> I knew you were like, gonna say something. <laughs> I mean, like I give the show a lot of a lot of grief for what they put on sometimes and what they wear, but this was just this was wild. Like this was next level wild. Like it's it's sheer and sheen and see through. It looks almost like it's made out of. It looks like, it looks like it's made out of what? Like like almost like a a mud flat material for her little for her little skirt. <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I swear. I don't know what is going on with this outfit, but I gotta say, you know, happy Halloween to somebody. But she's you know? still better dressed than half the people I see at Walmart. So she's got that going. <laughs> well, that is yeah. true. I mean, if I saw somebody I mean, at Walmart she, wearing that, I would be like, all right, like that's you know. First of all, she wearing yoga pants underneath that little a skirt thing she wearing. So yeah, probably same thing. You're right. Yeah, you're right. I just I'm giving I'm giving her slack for a hairstyle in this uh, in this outfit. It's just <laughs> <laughs> it's something. It's yeah, something to behold. Yep, it's it's an outfit. All right. So, yeah, she's just she's being real mad at Kirk and Stone asks Spock to escort her out. He's like, hey, get her out of here. And Spock's like, all right, what what else am I doing here? Well, Stone should have asked, like, how did she get in here? Yeah. And they, how did she know so, inf- so much information about her dad's death? Yeah. I don't I don't know what the timeline is for this. Like, how long ago he died? Did, they obviously yeah. had time to notify his next of kin, I guess, because he never they never said anything about like a wife or anything. So apparently it was just him and his daughter, I guess. Uh, Stone asks Kirk if he's sure he jettisoned the pod after the red alert. And Kirk's like, yeah, I did. I'm not an idiot. And Stone says, well, then you've committed willful perjury, saying that the computer log says that the pod was jettisoned before the red alert. So he's just saying Kirk lied and, you know, jettisoned this guy for no reason. And so he confines Kirk to the base while they determine whether a general court-martial is in order, which I assumed, yes, there will be a general court-martial because that is the name of the episode. It would be really weird if there wasn't going to be a court martial. There, there was some protester outside the room, like, "What about the other 47? Yeah, yeah. I, I tell you guys, last week I was when I was excited for the episode because uh, I was curious how the court system worked in this era. Which had me, I was really interested for that part. Which had me excited. Yeah, we saw a, a bit of it with Spock's trial, and we get kind of the same thing here for the most part. It just well, there's a, a bit more into it. Yeah, I was curious about it as well to see like how things had evolved and, and apparently not much at all. So anyway, at this point, yeah, no. yeah, we get the show opening here and we come back with a captain's log just explains current situation and Kirk believes that he won't be held responsible for Finney's death. And uh, they're on, still on the base and Kirk and McCoy are in a lounge just talking to various officers, hanging out, having a good time. And one of the officers makes mention of the loss of, of uh, Kirk's records officer. That was Finney. He's the records guy. And he's like, yeah, I was friends with that guy. And so he makes this kind of veiled accusation that Kirk, you know, like, hey, you you did this on purpose. And Kirk's like, well, well, you know, why don't you say it plainly? Like, what, what are you trying to say here? Say it out loud. And the guy's like, nah, I'm kind of a bitch and I'm not going to. And so, <laughs> I, I thought the same thing about that whole uh, exchange. Yeah. But it, actually, I really liked uh, Kirk in that, though. He's just like, come on, like, say what you're going to say, dude. Like, if you have something to say, say it. And the dude's just like, no, I'm, like, I suck. No, I, I'm not, I'm so, you no, know. no, no. I, I ain't saying nothing. I ain't saying yeah. nothing. I'm going to keep my mouth shut. Like, are yeah. you soft? Why even say and, something? And it, yeah. Why do you even mention if I'm going to say something for real? Yeah. But I really liked Kirk here because he's just, he just, I don't know, like, Shatter's performance in this is Kirk is just like, He's relaxed, but also ready to beat the shit out of this guy. He's just like, come on, dude, say what you're going to say. Like, you know, let's let's escalate yeah. this. And the, and the guy yeah. didn't do it. So, yeah, yeah. Kirk, Kirk leaves. And he's like, all right, you're not you're going to be a bitch. And I'm just going to go ahead and leave. 
And then as he leaves, there's a, a woman that enters the room and she's watching him leave. It was just weird she doesn't say anything to him because he's he's the whole reason she went there. But she's just like, nah, I'm going to let yeah. him go. He's obviously pissed because there's like some bitch in here. And uh, <laughs> McCoy, though, just immediately starts hitting on her. He's like, you know, that's the famous Captain Kirk. And like, how how many women do you think Time he's out. gotten with just using like, I hang I, out with Kirk? I, yeah, I'm she's like, right here. hey, I'm friends with right Kirk. Here. No, uh, no, no, no. Want to go back to my room? Yeah. You, you, you get it. See, so his, this whole approach is weird. Okay, so my approach to you is say, oh, yeah, that's my boy right there. That's Captain Kirk, girl. That's how you. That's how I got to holler at you? Like, I, don't, <laughs> I, can, I can get you close <laughs> to him, you know? I, I, you know, come, get, come here, girl. I can get you close to Captain Kirk. Yeah. Like, what? Look, it, <laughs> just... Look, in perspective, if you're like Jimmy Olsen and you know okay. Superman, like, hey, man, I know Superman, you'd be using okay. that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you're Jimmy Olsen and be like, yeah, I know Superman is a pickup line? Like, listen, <laughs> I, I take pictures what... of Spider-Man, all right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Want to hook up? <laughs> I, I, I just thought it was weird that he approached her saying something about Kurt instead of himself. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know, it just, it's, but now that you guys mention it about about it being that way, it looks a little more sense in my head. Yeah, because to me, it's like if I'm trying to force to get with a girl, why would I mention my friend instead of me first? Because I'm confident enough in myself. Yeah, he's Not, just uh, Bones is just the drummer, and you know, in order to get to the lead singer, you got to go through him. So, <laughs> yeah, Jeez. yeah. So we uh, move to a little bit later. Where Stone is doing an inquiry with Kirk to see if uh, there's going to be charges or see if he's going to charge Kirk with perjury and culpable negligence. And it's like, it's like only 47 people have died on Kirk's watch at this point. I, I think Starfleet regulations say that he's good till like 50 or more. So I don't even know why they're bothering with this. It's like <laughs> you're not negligent till it's 50 or more, you know? <laughs> you reach limit, sir. Yeah. Like you were doing good, but you let a lieutenant die. So we're going to have to look into you. Yep, just for a second at least. So Stone questions Kirk's friendship with Finney, and Kirk just explains that they've known each other for a long time since the Academy, and he explains that they were assigned to the same ship at one point, and he had corrected a mistake that Finney had made that could have blown up the entire ship, and Finney was reprimanded and put at the bottom of the promotion list for this. And so they talk about the Ion Storm for a second, and Kirk then explains that Finney was at the top of the duty roster because Stone's like, well, why did you pick him? And Kirk's just like, yeah, it was his turn. So he had to go into a pod and go study the storm. And he explains that the storm got worse and that he ordered a red alert and that he told Finney that he only had a few seconds to return to the ship. And Kirk says that he gave him, you know, all that time and more. And it just wasn't enough. And why the fuck didn't they transport him then out of this pod? Well, I'm assuming the ion storm. My question is, how long has Finney been on this ship with Kirk? Uh, apparently a yeah. while, and he's just now coming up. Well, that's the issue with us. See, we, we watch TVs and movies now a lot deeper than they did back in the days. So for us, we're thinking, okay, we, we didn't watch 20 episodes already. We haven't seen Finney. So there's no character buildup for him. It, it, you know, it would have been different if it, it, like we, he was a couple episodes and we got to know him, and then this happened. Now, yeah. we're, like, now we're just like, oh, this Finney guy shows up, and he's really important and, and, and important or whatever. And, and we're like, okay, dead. whatever. And he's dead. And th- it doesn't feel that, it, it don't feel that deep as it should be. Like yeah, if, I don't give a fuck about Finney. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like if, if this had been like Doc or Spock or somebody, I can understand. I can be like, oh my gosh, he, he he got Spock killed. Like I can wrap the head around how big this is. But it made the idea of this episode, even though it was supposed to be a lot higher, the the drama, it was kind of lower because we didn't really care about Finney enough to make it a big deal. And I, I think the 
uh, add to your point, if they wanted to build on that, they should have done a flashback of like Kirk yeah. and Finney, you know, and during I thought the they were going yeah. that way when Kirk yeah. was explaining the whole Academy thing. I was like, oh, cool. We're going to get some some like flashback, flashback. memories or something yeah. of, of them hanging out or whatever. No, just nothing. I agree. And I agree with that so much because if we had seen the flashbacks, we could have saw their friendship develop and have that last moment miss them. They could have been best friends. That moment changed them forever and to see them grow apart slowly. Then we can understand Finney's resentment to Cap. We're hearing about it, but we're not really understanding how close they were at the beginning because we're not seeing it. And I thought the same thing. I thought it was your flashbacks and didn't. And, that, and that's the opportunity they missed here. I'm starting to think that being friends with Kirk just eventually gets you killed. He was friends with Gary Mitchell. He's dead. Like he's Finney, at least at this point, is dead. Everybody he gets killed in the ship is close to his dad. So being close to him in general. Is just... Hey, that's why that's why Bones drops his name. Like, look, if I'm going to die, I'm going to get something out of it. And Bones <laughs> did damn near die. He got run through with a fucking lance yep. by a knight on horseback. <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> it's just not a good, good thing being friends with Captain Kirk. Yep. But again, the whole transporter thing is they plucked a fucking Air Force pilot out of his airplane. If you like what last episode? And then this, they don't even bother to consider that they could just beam this dude out of this pod and thought, onto the ship and just save if him? If I remember right, I thought something when the Iron Storm happened a couple uh, episodes ago where they couldn't use the transporter during the Iron Storm because they can't lock on to the location of somebody. I See, that, that was what I, I was wondering, too, is that the Ion Storm was probably messing with all their equipment, but they, they could have said they, that. They, they didn't say that either. Yeah, they didn't say that either. Yeah. Like, you can't they just left leave it to me the to, viewer to assume that. Yeah, you can't just leave me to do that. I'm going to just assume other weird shit's going on with the transporter. Like maybe well, Scotty's having a fucking orgy in there and he's busy and can't use the damn thing. Well, it's just funny because they want, like, we're asking. The Scotty orgies. Yeah. We're asking them to, like, throw little clues in there to guide us along. And at the same time, we tell them, they'll make us feel stupid. And this is one episode where they could have guided you in with li- nice background story to make the ending even more big, especially when you see them alive. Right, you know, because they know the episode, they've watched, they've seen it before. Especially with the scene toward the end, so it's like it—it it, it doesn't have that big of an effect toward the end because I, I just—it wasn't the build-up. Yeah. There wasn't enough background to understand the the, the the care about story so much. No, not at all. So, uh, Stone just keeps questioning Kirk, and he he asks why the computer shows that they were only on a yellow alert, not a red alert, and Kirk's just like, "Bro, I don't know. I just fucking press buttons up there," and. Stone then stops the recording of the uh, the questioning here and tells Kirk that he can make a report that just reads that Kirk was exhausted from his captain's duties and that he made a mistake and and that's how Finney got killed and he's like look you know I can basically sweep this under the rug for you because you know we're we're tight like that and Kirk doesn't want to do that he's like no I'm I'm innocent of this I didn't I didn't do anything wrong and so Stone's like respects I don't... the Kirk on that also yeah he he knows he's uh, innocent. But Stone's like, well, I, I just don't want you to be the first captain to be court-martialed for this shit. And then they they just argue for a minute, and and Kirk demands a trial. So nobody has, no captain has been court-martialed, and these dudes probably lose hundreds of people a year on these ships if they're all having similar adventures as the Enterprise. Like yeah. They're just they're losing a few hundred people a year, <laughs> if not thousands, and nobody ever gets court-martialed. Here's the like, thing, holy though. shit! If I remember right, yeah, I've been army so long ago. Um, the t- I think the court martial is when it is the final part of it, isn't it? Or the the process court martial? Because like, isn't the court martial just like a, a military trial? I I'm not sure if the military yeah. trial or if it's the act at the end when you get court martialed, as in you're done. Like it's the act of court martial when you're done. Or 
I don't know. It's, it's a weird question. I, I'm, I'm yeah, gonna... I, I thought that the court martial was literally just like a regular criminal trial just within the military. Because mm. you, you oh. fucked up like a military duty. Yeah, see? I wonder. I'm curious. Yeah. So we go to a commercial break and we come back with another captain's log uh, explaining that the Enterprise's repairs are almost completed and that the officers are that are going to be on the court martial board. They're on their way to the planet to do that. And they get to bring their fancy uniforms. So Kirk is goes back to the lounge to meet with the chick that was talking to McCoy and he flirts with her for a little bit. And, and you know, they obviously know each other from the past because Kirk just fucking knows everybody. He has a past with literally everybody. Oh, correct. All the females, especially if you're blonde. The, yeah, especially if you're blonde. Don't. Yeah. All the yeah. blonde females. Kirk spent time with him. Apparently he, he has a type. Yeah, definitely does. So she expresses her concern for him with this case, and she gives him some advice, saying that the court's going to try to make it his word against the computer's word, and that he needs a really good attorney. And uh, he's like, well, you know, you're an attorney. You can help me out with this. And she's like, no, but here's this other guy, you know, Samuel Cogley or something like that. And he's like, well, how do you know so much about what the prosecution's going to do? And she's like, because it's me. I'm the prosecution. She does, like, the... The fucking Vince McMahon takes the hood off. It was me, Austin. It was me all along. That's her. (laughs) Yeah. I think two things are funny about that scene. First of all, she's counting the days since they've been apart, which is like, oh, yeah, she and the Kurt. Yeah, she knew almost to the hour. (laughs) Yeah, to the hour. And then my thought, too, is is it legal for her to be talking to him since he's the prosecutor? Right. Right. No. Uh, uh, She just gave away her whole strategy. Yeah. She's like, oh, here's his little... I'm going to tell you what's going on. Here's some advantage to you. Like, that was kind of shady, right? Like, I just... Yeah, she's either real confident or a real fucking bad lawyer. Oh, she did. Oh, now, do you, oh, do you think Kirk. she hooked up with Bones and she's still being thirsty over Kirk? Like, you know, four hours later. Oh, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. She just must be a really bad lawyer to just give away her entire strategy like that. <laughs> oh, she just didn't care. Like, I yeah, care about, I care about Kirk more. Yeah, and she says she's like, yeah, you know, I'm I'm coming after you. Like, I'm I'm coming after you hard. So, you know, get yourself a good lawyer. I recommend this fucking crazy guy. That's what Kurt should have said. No, I'm coming after you hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then they would have had an entirely different episode. <laughs> oh, my uh, God. So a little bit later, Kurt goes to his quarters and he finds this uh, crazy guy just surrounded by a bunch of books, which is kind of weird to see books in the future. You know, I want to know, how did he get all those books up to the room? Transporter. Transporter. Yep. Any <laughs> transporter. Yeah. Transporter. That's how we solve everything now. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, so Kirk is just questioning about, you know, hey, why do you got all these books? Why don't you just use a computer? And the guy explains that he has this love for books over computers because it helps you get to know the authors and the things that they wrote about and blah, blah, blah. And Kirk says, he's like, hey, you've either got to be an obsessive crackpot who escaped from his keeper or you're Samuel T. Cogley, attorney at law. And the guy's like, yeah, you're right on both of those. So (laughs) I I already kind of like this guy. And Kirk is like really weirdly uh, like aloof in this. He's just kind of jokey. Like this isn't serious at all. I definitely am not about to have my career ruined. And he's just like just joking with people and being weird. Yeah, he's kind of stuck in his truth. Like he, he knows that he know what's true. He's like, I'm just, it's another thing. We'll get through it anyway. Yeah. So we skip ahead a little bit and the trial is starting and uh, Commodore Stone introduces the officers of the board and Kirk consents to having them as, and having Shaw as the prosecuting attorney. Which he could have just been like, I have a question, no. real question right there. There's only four of them, right? Am I tripping? Was there only four guys up there? Who was the oh, f- shit, I don't remember. Like, like I th- I, yeah, I think there was only and four. It, and it bothered me. I have to look again. I'm watching it. Yeah, I'm watching it because they had four guys up there. 
that can't be a fair trial. The, I, the number has to be odd, right? Yeah, because then they could be deadlocked and yeah. uh, a vote. There's a, like, huh. there's, like a, there's a security guy there. I'm assuming it looks security-ish. And then they got four people behind the thing. And I thought it was weird that it was four and not five, an odd number. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't even think about that. That's a good point. Yeah, so huh. I, I just don't know if there's like a – they're doing this. Another person who votes or if there's something – to rule, I'm not sure really how that works. If it's not, not yeah, because uh, Spock's was uh, Jose three. and Kirk and Pike. Yep, his was huh. three. Yeah, this one has four. And I thought maybe it's just something they they mistaken missed or or what. I'm yeah, not sure. it was conspiracy to take down Kirk. Yeah, I'm it didn't sure matter. Was. He was guilty anyway. <laughs> but the computer goes and reads the charges against Kirk, and he enters a not guilty plea. So the prosecution starts. And Lieutenant Shaw, which is the uh, the female there, calls Spock to the stand. Which, dude, he has to be infuriating to uh, to question, right? Yeah, like he, he would just be absolutely fucking terrible at a trial. Yeah, just logic this, logic, logic that. that yeah. Like I, I'm right all the time. I'm never wrong. Yeah, yeah. So the computer reads off Spock's Starfleet rank and his position and, and some of the awards and commendations that he's received. And she asks him about the computer logs, asking if the computer was malfunctioning. And he says, no, it's not malfunctioning, but it is wrong. See, like, that would just piss me off. Like, okay, that's not what I asked you. you, So he talks about being, hey, I'm a being of logic. And and he talks about how Kirk is incapable of acting out of malice or panic. And Shaw's just like, well, that's your opinion. And he's begrudgingly agrees. He's like, yeah, it's just what I think. And and then she has no more questions for him, which was a really, really short uh, time to question him. So she turns it over to Samuel T. Cogley, and he doesn't have any questions either, which I thought was really crazy. And it, it gets, for good reason, it gets to be pretty good. Oh, I, I, I laughed. I'm like, maybe he wasn't paying attention. Like, oh, shit, uh, trial started? Yeah, he's just over there reading his fucking books. <laughs> he's, he's, like, reading comics. He's like, oh, shit, I didn't even know. Like, I thought I thought they were going to say go, but we just, we just kept going. We started it. So she calls a personnel officer to the stand, which we didn't even get a name for this person. And she asks him about or asks her about Finney's records and disciplinary actions that she got or that Finney got from the incident with Kirk. And the personnel officer just basically confirms, yeah, Kirk fixed this thing. Dude got in trouble. The end. And so Shaw's done and Cogley still has no questions for that person. So they call up McCoy to the stand. And she asks him if Finney could have hated McCoy for ruining his career And McCoy's like, yeah, I guess that's possible, which Cogley's a shit fucking lawyer because he should have objected for speculation there. Like, you can't can't assume what that guy thought. Yeah, he didn't care, though. I I I think he was so stuck on what the one thing that he thought was important enough that all this crap didn't matter. Or maybe you just can't object for speculation, but you can't just be like, hey, do you think that this dead guy hated Kirk? You you, you can't do that. That's not how that works. Possibly there's a chance that maybe he did. Yeah, he could have been a salt vampire too. We don't fucking know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. But she accused Spock of being hypothetical and she's doing the same thing. Yeah. Right. It it was weird. Yeah, this trial was just, you could tell they just wanted to get through this really quickly with the writing. But uh, yeah, she's, she's like, hey, you know, would basically anybody answer hatred with affection like would you return somebody's hatred with an affection for them and she's just basically accusing kirk of disliking finney because finney hates kirk so mccoy's like well kirk wouldn't do that when you go there that's an interesting thing like is some is that everybody's thing if somebody hates you you hate them back like i don't know Um, i don't think that's very because i know racist people hate me and i love racist people 
<laughs> like, yeah. Speaking <laughs> personally, uh, when people hate me, when I was younger, I, I cared, but I'm at a point in my life where I don't give a fuck. You're going to get met with indifference. I, I guess it's just a, I guess it's just a weird irony thing I'm just thinking about when they, when they brought it up and so it made me think about it. Like the idea of somebody hates you, so you hate them back. I don't really, I don't really fall out yeah. myself in life. So I'm just, it was, yeah. it's weird that they, that's what they thought back then, possibly as a, as a defense. Like just for, right. that's just a weird justification for me personally. I wonder, well, was Kirk's responsibility, I, I doubt he would fixate on one person that he would hate. Like he would just right. probably like, hey, I'm going to transfer you to another ship if I he don't He takes like a little you. time every day and sets it aside to do something <laughs> bad to Finney because he fucking hates him. <laughs> Like, Janice yeah, comes in, she's like, Kirk, it's time, it's 4.30, time for you to fuck with Finney again. Yeah, the thing about Kurt, though, you realize, like, if, if Finney was uh, terrible at something, I feel like Kurt's the kind of captain would have you keep doing it until you learn how to do it or get better at whatever. I don't I don't see Kurt as, like, ever holding a grudge against anybody for nothing. I, 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 right. I just, even his enemy. Like, you could be an enemy, and I think you could try to kill Kurt and whatever, like like the gong, the gong did, and then at the end, he still was Kurt. Yeah. So I so I can't see him holding a gr- grudge to anybody for anything, which is why when when uh Spock said his logic, I was like, yeah, I, gr- I agree with him. Normally I would be like, no, nah, there's a chance, but with Kurt, I'm like, there's, there's actually no chance. Like uh, out of the whole ship, he's the one guy. I'd be like, you know what? He's not going to hold a grudge for anybody for any any reason. Well, hell, the one episode where uh the the base got attacked, where he chased them down, and their ship end up turning off he's like oh you know what we should probably go help him even though they killed a bunch of our own people oh yeah yeah right. yeah. yeah the romulan Imagine stuff really. so that tells you that yeah, tells romulan you what kind of up. person kirk is yeah. like oh hey this person just murdered a bunch of people but they're stranded and i'm gonna help them even the monster yeah. room, what, the one where we found the alien at the end his, he thought a ship was broken down so he came back for him to help him out when right he, when, so like yeah everything everything about kirk lets you know that he don't hold grudges i mean we're getting way too deep in it right now but yeah, well I, just, I mean that's that's McCoy's entire uh, defense to Kirk here is that yeah. Kirk's not like that. And like maybe other people are, but Kirk is not like that. Not at all. So, so Shaw finishes up with McCoy and Cogley still has no questions. And so Stone is like, dude, why aren't you doing your job over there? Like you, you need to be asking some questions here. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. I've just been holding back with the preliminary stuff because this is fucking boring. And I just want to put Kirk on the stand. And they're like, okay, that's fair. So they do put Kirk on the stand. <laughs> And the computer starts to read off all of Kirk's commendations and the achievements, and then Shaw interrupts. She's like, "Look, we know this stuff. We know he's fucking great. Like he's a he's great in bed. Can we <laughs> skip this thing?" And Commodore Stone's like, "Hey, Cogley, like, what do you, what do you think about this?" And and Cogley's like, "Well, I don't want to skip this as much as I would hate to waste all of your time. You know, I I disagree. I think that we need to allow this list to con- to continue." So he lets it go on, and it names off like two or three more things, and he stops it, and he's like. Yeah, we're gonna stop this in the interest of time. Like, yeah, yeah, like he wanted <laughs> they got bored already. Let's move on to yeah, something like, else. Yeah, like he wanted to be the one to stop it, not not them. Yeah, it's, it's funny, just fucking hilarious. They'd have been there forever doing all this. I wonder how many combinations he has because they were just going and going and going and going. Right. I was like, oh my gosh, medal for this, medal for that. Took like third have, place have in have the ship's chili cook-off. Like have just everything. Meta- <laughs> have you seen the medal collection yet? Have we seen it at all in the show? No. I'm curious where uh, he puts them at, or if he keeps them at all, or. What does he do with him? I mean, we, I guess we saw some of the stuff pinned to his chest during uh, Spock's court martial. Yeah, the ceremony. Yeah, but I doubt that's everything. Like, he has, he has this, like, middle school uh, baseball trophy in somewhere with all his other, like, military shit. 
He's just an award-winning guy. Who who was the person that came up with the uh, with with robots talking like my 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 not not so I'm not like who did that? I wonder because it's right? starting to get isn't kind of annoying in this. And then I realized that's how they thought all robots talked back then, and every robot in the show happens to talk like that except that one episode when they made her uh, when she was needed upgrade or whatever. I mean, it's it's not really wrong. And oh god, I just had the worst fucking idea. What if they re-remastered this uh-huh. and replaced that voice with that annoying TikTok woman voice <laughs> <laughs> that I see in all these fucking videos that I absolutely hate? Because if I, if I never hear that voice again, it'll be too soon. Oh, man. See, I'm just interested. It's just interesting. I just, the, it's a robot voice thing. It's kind of annoying. I mean, the, but the but the idea of it's really cool, and I like and I like how they can name it stuff and how it works. I just, the voice is kind of annoying. I want the actor to the computer voice that did uh like the super friends like meanwhile at the Legion of Doom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, that or at least been... get the one that kept calling Kirk Deer. Deer, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. Yes, Hello, Deer. Uh, the actress that actually did the computer voice though is I I, I always murder her name, but was it uh, Magil Barrett? I believe that was Gene Roddenberry's wife, and she played number one in the pilot with Christopher Pike. She was that oh, woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I she you was also it. yeah, yeah, and she was also the nurse. That uh, had a big crush on Spock during the naked time with the virus thing. And she was the one that was there for when Kirk got uh, a robot clone. She That whole thing was about, God, I can't remember that. Nurse Chapel. There we go. Yeah, it was Nurse Chapel. That's her. Okay. So, so, so she, she must do the, the, the voice for the whole show then forever, I'm assuming. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Cogley just asked, Kirk's, uh, asked Kirk to tell him what happened during the Ion Storm and... Kirk just again goes over a brief summarization of the situation that led to Finney's death. And Cogley asks if he would take those same actions again. And Kirk says, yeah, fuck yeah, I would. Because the steps he took were the actions that were necessary to save the ship. And nothing is more important than his ship. So he still just has, they just keep reinforcing this weird love he has for this ship. It's it's, it's actually kind of unhealthy. I would think Bones would be like, look, you need to talk to somebody about that, dude. Which I think in the last week's episode where the computer is calling him there made it even that funnier that they have this intimate relationship with each other. Yeah, he pretended he didn't like it, but he fucking loved it. He's like, don't call me dear. Call me babe. Oh, oh for sure. <laughs> he's like, call me, call me babe or honey or sweetie or something. He's in the ship. Oh, you know he calls that ship sexy. Yeah, and this, yeah, the, the ship's like, yes, daddy. <laughs> 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 Captain <laughs> Daddy, <laughs> I feel you walking inside me. <laughs> yeah. oh, God, no, no. <laughs> oh my God. Oh no. <laughs> oh, oh, oh my gosh, no. Uh, oh. Fuck. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> so, uh, so Cogley turns the witness over to Shaw, and she plays this uh, video computer log of the events from the Ion Storm, which is really weird that they have a dashboard cam that doesn't, it's not really for their dash, it's to watch the inside of the, like they have a nest cam inside the bridge. Yeah. Kirk's like, oh shit, I hope they don't record everything in here I do. <laughs> yeah, Kirk's like, did they see that time I got that really big booger and I didn't have anywhere to put it, so I just ate it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the video shows the Enterprise shaking from the Ion Storm, and, uh, she Shaw is like, hey, highlight this part where Kirk presses buttons because apparently we have a fucking camera in his chair that watches the arm of the chair for some reason. Yeah, the, the angle of the image. Yeah, so it cuts to that where Kirk is, uh, he sets the yellow alert 
And then they move forward with the video a little bit, and the Enterprise is, like, shaking a bit more, and the video shows Kirk hitting the Jettison Pod button and not the Red Alert button, which is... The Jettison Pod button is in a fucking terrible placement. Like, how do you not hit that on accident? accident. (laughs) Oops, my bad. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I know Ahura's got uh, a button back there to put whatever image they're looking at up on the screen, and what if, like, the fucking self-destruct button is just sitting right next to that? Like, let's yeah. just put this really important thing next to this thing we use all the time. Well, that's why Kirk's always doing drills. Like, make sure you get it right. Like, that 96% yeah. needs don't, to get up. Don't hit the blow up the ship button when you hit the fucking order coffee button. Every time. I do it every time. <laughs> every fucking time. That's why they've had so many Enterprises. <laughs> so, uh, Shaw points out how Kirk pressed the jettison button without having first pressed the red alert button. And Kirk's just like, well, that's not the way that happened. Like, I don't remember any of that. And we go to a commercial break. We come back to a captain's log, and Kirk and Cogley are in Kirk's quarters recapping the events. And Cogley has changed his mind about Kirk, and he's like, yeah, I saw that video. You're you're fucking piece of garbage. Like, you should probably change your plea deal here. And Kirk's, well, maybe I did hit that button. And then he decides, no, it's the computer that's wrong. So he says he's not going to change his plea deal. And Spock calls up to say that he ran a complete survey of the computer on the ship but he didn't find anything wrong and kirk's like well you know maybe this isn't a a bad thing spock maybe you'll be able to beat your next captain at chess and then he just hangs up on him and spock is like which is interesting because i I always took it that spock beat kirk in chess no i I didn't realize it was the other way around i thought that kirk won because he's unpredictable yeah unpredictable yeah that's why Kirk, yeah, that's what he said when the first time we beat him. He said, I don't understand the logic behind your thing is so, so hard for Spock to win because he's logic for everything. And Kirk doesn't. Yeah. Which, and oddly enough, his logic has not caught on to the point that Kirk is illogical so that he should also play illogical. But, you know, Vulcans. <laughs> it's their greatest strength and their greatest weakness. Yep. Absolutely is. So Spock gets an idea from that. And he's like, oh, chess, huh? And he just leaves to go presumably play chess. But in Kirk's quarters, Jamie enters the room. And asked Cogley to make Kirk change his plea because she's had a change of heart and she realized that her dad's death was not uh, Kirk's fault. And she says that she read through some of her dad's papers that he had sent and realized how close uh, Finney and Kirk were. And she apologizes for the mean things that she said to Kirk earlier, which was a really weird change of heart for this Ooh. character i thought that there was like an ulterior motive behind it but there, there never was she just she's just like i'm sorry i was wrong which hey good for her but also real weird it's one of my weird issues because like this last time i see her right i'm doing an episode for you guys you guys watch episodes before you come here come at the same time I figure it out um so this last time i see her right yeah i that's thought it. yeah i thought that maybe they would show her at the end to use her as a finish or i thought she was in it with her in it with her dad or something that would have been a bigger thing like oh like, they want him to suffer. They didn't want him to, you know, do do whatever the hell's going on. Oh, that would have been a better plot twist yeah. if they were in it together. Yeah, so yeah. I, I thought maybe her and her dad would be in it together. I thought that made more sense. Like, I don't know. I just personally thought it made more sense that she went with the dad and that he would tell her why she was raised. Kurt is the enemy. Yada, yada, yada. So she hates Kurt. Now she comes in here like, oh, you know, feeling bad about it a little bit. Like, oh, we should, we can't, I can't take it that far. And he comes in here, we got to stop this. Like, I don't know. I just think they, they left a lot of space in here for some... That could have been dealt way, way better, especially when it's the last time we see her. Damn, Paul. Now, now, now I wish we would have got the episode where they would be in cahoots with each other. I just, yeah. think, that, I just think that's a better, I think that just makes more sense to me in my head if they would have had, if they did it, it would have been done much better. 
Yeah, instead we're left with this really weird scene of Kirk holding her awkwardly. Yeah, her awkward just sitting there, and yeah, yeah, it's weird, weird awkward hold. You know, it's a weird hug. His hands are like around her shoulders. It's very cringy, man. It's it's very cringy. You got to look at it again. It's cringy, man. Oh God, it's Miri all over again. Yeah, Keep Kirk away from is, your kids. Bro. Keep him away. Is. <laughs> <laughs> I like him at all, but keep him away from the kids. I'm telling you, man, it's very uncomfortable. He's rubbing his shoulder and stuff. I'm like, oh, it's crazy, bro. Like, how are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, but Cogley, he's uh, he's pretty suspicious, and he's like, what could have made her change her mind? And she says that she was just thinking of Captain Kirk. Like, oh, you know, I didn't want to hurt him, blah, blah, blah. And so we go back to the Enterprise, and McCoy is angry that Spock is playing chess against the computer as Kirk is on trial. He's like, how the, like, how is he not used to this? First of all, he like every single time anything like this happens and Spock goes and does something. McCoy's like, how, how could you do this at this time? And then he always, he always turns out that it's, he's doing something important every fucking time. It's like, these guys don't know each other you know, at all. I had to laugh to him. Like from Spock's point of view, he's like, why is bones always hitting on me? He's always giving me compliments. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, you're still cold hearted. Like I know. Yeah. Thank yeah. You. This is where, uh, McCoy's like, yeah, you're the most cold-blooded man I've ever known. And Spock's like, thanks. And also, I just won my fourth game. Yeah. I like the way you put that. Uh, makes sense. Yeah, so McCoy's like, well, that's impossible. You Nobody beats a computer. And, and Spock's like, yeah, well, check this shit out. And he just goes and wins another game. <laughs> so Spock goes on to say that the computer is mechanically flawless. And he says that he programmed it himself several months ago. So the best that he should be able to do is attain a draw against the computer instead of just beating it. And then Spot or McCoy's like, well, we better go say something about like this, about you beating your computer. Is it somehow relevant? We didn't really explain it too well, but we're going to go explain it now. And so they go and they, they beam down to the starbase. They're like, Spock's like, if I can beat the computer in chess, that means it's not foolproof. Yeah, it, it means something. And then like, that's it. They're going to go explain it. So they go down to the courtroom and uh, they start the process to deliver the verdict. And the prosecution and the defense both rest, but then Spock and McCoy show up and they deliver their new evidence, which we still don't really know what that evidence is. And Shaw's like, fuck no, we already had, we, we we rested. Like, we are currently resting. You can't do any of this stuff. And so she argues with Cogley for a second and uh, Cogley just delivers this big, long speech. And he's just basically like, look, Kirk has the right to confront his accuser. We haven't had a chance to talk to the Enterprise's computer, which is the thing that's basically accusing him. And, you know, I demand that he be able to face this computer. And it was a really long-winded speech. And basically, yeah. Stone's just like, all right. And you could you could have just said that. You didn't have to ramble for fucking 45 minutes. But yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll do that. We go to a commercial, come back, Captain's Log, saying that they've reconvened the court-martial on the Enterprise. Which has to be nice, because they get out of that stuffy courtroom and under the bridge. And uh, Cogley is questioning Spock about beating the computer in chess. And Spock says that the computer can't make an error. And he's like, hey, if I don't either, then the game should always result in a stalemate. But for some reason, I just keep on winning, which is it's what he does in life. Spock just fucking wins. All all he does is win. Yeah. (laughs) So he poses that maybe someone had adjusted the computer's programming and the memory banks of the computer, either accidentally or on purpose. And Cogley asks if that would affect the visual playback of the video and Shaw objects. It's the only objection we've had this entire trial. We should have had many, many more. Yeah. And Cogley's like, okay, I'll pose a hypothetical question then. If reprogramming the computer would be beyond the capabilities of most men. And Spock says that yes, it would, but that he and Captain Kirk and the records officer could 
could have done it. And the records officer was obviously Finney. But it seems like you need more than three people on a ship that could do that. I, I feel like with a ship that they encounter all the you know, time, it's probably a good idea to have more than three people know that process. Well, no, I think he said... I- that and I was wondering, you know, they're, they're probably like on the internet, on the Enterprise. So I'm like, maybe all the internet porn screwed up the yeah, <laughs> with everything. No, I think the way he said it, by the way, was um, that, that they had the skills to manipulate... The, the the camera uh the computer to make it look like he was guilty not that they're the only ones that can use it or, or 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 know how to work it the the questioning was whether or not the computer could be reprogrammed either accidentally or on purpose and who would be able to do that and Spock's just like yeah it's me and Kirk and the records yeah, the, guy so the, oh yeah so only three people there can reprogram it okay yeah so Cogley asks Kirk what he did after jettisoning the pod, and Kirk responds that they did a phase one search, which is a thorough attempt to find somebody around the ship who had been injured or killed. And Cogley was like, well, if, what if the person you were looking for didn't want to be found? And he asks if someone could evade the search on a ship of that size. And Kirk says, well, he thinks for a second, and he thinks about the, the ship and all the compartments and who would be searching them. And he comes to the conclusion that if you had to evade security on that ship, yes, it's entirely possible you could hide and evade the entirety secure the entire oh, security yeah. force Duh. because they're Duh. fucking trash. Especially their security we, team. We have learned in this yeah. in this show, the security is trash. So you don't even need to hide that hard, yeah. hard that bad. You probably hide in the right place, right in front of him. Like, oh look, there's the guy, and keep walking yeah. the other way. Kirk's like, in this ship, Kirk's you, like, yeah, you my could security hide. is kind of garbage. Yeah, he's like, on this ship. You could hide in the middle of the fucking hallway. And security will not find you. If you just stand still in the open <laughs> corridor, you will be absolutely fine because they will overlook you. Yeah, like, my security guards have the vision of a T-Rex. Yeah. If you're standing still, they, <laughs> they can't have, see you. They have a vision of a blind T-Rex. <laughs> so, Cogley says that he believes that Finney is alive then. And we cut to a little bit later on the bridge where the trial is continuing and Cogley is trying to prove that Finney is still alive by conducting an experiment. Kirk says that he needs all the personnel on the ship, uh, excluding the members of the court and the command crew, to leave the ship, and that Cogley can go ahead and leave as well. And one of the members of the board asks how they're going to maintain an orbit, which seems pretty fucking important. And Kirk says that the engines have been shut down, but that they should be able to maintain their orbit on impulse power alone, assuming nothing goes wrong. And we know that... In this show, nothing will go wrong, or they wouldn't have mentioned it. So a little bit later, Kirk is explaining that they're going to use the ship's computer to listen to every sound on the ship. And Spock turns the computer on, and you can hear like a loud beating noise that plays over the speakers of the bridge. Which do you think they have surround sound on the bridge? Because it sounds pretty good. They did like seven point one on there. Yeah, yeah. Just for like when they watch movies on the on the screen. I I bet. I bet. (laughs) Watch movies out out on the deck. That'd be interesting. So when they show up there, they'll be sitting there watching a video. Yeah, you got nothing else going on. You go down to like the food replicator thing, get yourself some popcorn, and just you know pop in like the John Wick trilogy or however many on the bridge. Have we even have we seen them watch a video yet in the show? Uh, no, uh, I think everything's been like a live feed and well, pay, well, pay-per-view. They, they, they had, the, they had the videos with that those, those two, two the Mars episodes, the two episodes where they uh, do the flashbacks. Yeah, but that was on the bridge. The that was in uh, yeah, that different mo- different room. Yeah. Hmm, I wonder. So uh, Kirk explains that what they're hearing yeah, is the heartbeat of everybody on the ship. And he explains that McCoy is going to use a white sound device 
to mask out each person's heartbeat so that it'll be eliminated from the sounds that they're hearing. And the, the white sound of Vice is literally a fucking microphone. <laughs> They've had some really, really good yeah. props in this show. And they're like, we need something that looks, you know, like, like a good... Like, like a microphone? <laughs> it just picked a fucking microphone. It's exactly what you think it would look like, though. Like, exactly what you thought it would be used for. You're like, oh, it's a microphone, but it really is just a microphone. Yeah, like, we've seen so much they, cool they, shit. They couldn't come up with something like, oh, just use the microphone. Yeah. That, that yeah. works. Like, <laughs> he goes, each person touches the microphone to their chest, just t- touch it for a second, the, like, records the sound, get rid of it. The device that they used to unlock the doors in the last episode was more well thought out than this device. Like, we have these cool-ass flip phone communicators that are way before their time. We have tricorders and scanners and medical devices. And then this one, they're like, we, we need a device to listen to these heartbeats and eliminate them. And somebody just hands them a fucking microphone. They're like, microphone. here. <laughs> He's like, yeah, this, this made this look good. Ask they didn't, they didn't paint it. They didn't do anything. It's just a microphone. And I don't know well, why. Actually, it's so funny I, to me. I think, I think it's different. You don't think it's different? No, it's just a silver think- microphone. You don't think they they changed that at all? You don't think? I don't think I feel so. Like they, I feel like they made it really, really silver, and they put some uh, uh, some red around it, and I think they added a button to it, and some at the bottom that turns because he turns it every time he puts on okay. each person's chest. So he, yeah, he does this like turning action, but I don't think he's actually turning anything. I think he's just making the oh, motion. Okay, okay think, I'm curious. Okay. I think he's. He, this is crazy, and this is the first time that I thought this could be happening in this series. But I think he might be acting. <laughs> I'm starting to think that this is not the documentary that I believed it was going in, and these may no. be actors. He's acting that he can move it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back. Everybody else, I watch the show while we're talking about it, so I'm gonna watch this part and double check. Yeah, but yeah, that's what he does here. He uses the little device, the microphone, to mask everyone's heartbeat in the room, including his own. And then Spock eliminates the sound of the transporter crewman's heartbeat, which if they could do that from the bridge, why didn't they just fucking do it anyway and not use the microphone to begin with? But that, I guess that's not important. I do think that this whole heartbeats hearing thing on the ship actually was a really cool idea. That's what I throw it out there. Yeah, it's definitely an interesting device. Yes. But I just, I thought about it. Okay. A ship this advanced, there's no... Uh, ship scan system that hits a button and just scans for heat med- uh, heat heat. Yeah, they in can the, play the it, they can scan an entire planet and just but the ship cannot scan itself for some itself. reason. Yeah, I find that kind of weird. Yeah, like, I bet like, I bet it can oh, yeah, in the future the way, though. I bet after this episode they go shit. We didn't think of that. Yeah, I just I just think where they can hit a button to be like yo, how many heat signatures are here? Oh, we got ten enemies in, inside our ship. Okay. That he said different, whatever it is, let's find out where they're at. Like, boom, boom, boom. I just think that's weird that they don't have an easier way to scan. It's just right. a heartbeat thing. You know, the heart, you know, I'm saying the heartbeat thing is still cool, though. The idea about it. Yeah, the idea is really good. Cool. And I, just, I just think it's weird that that's what they have to rely on. And that seems to be a thing we keep seeing in this is we have to remember that this was first season. So things like the shuttle literally didn't exist because nobody thought about it. So maybe going forward, they change this, but... I don't know. Well, it'd be fun to see anyway, if it comes up again. But um, they can, after they eliminate everybody's heartbeats, they can only hear the sound of one being heard over the bridge speakers. So Stone is like, you know what? That might be Finny. And Kirk has Spock localize the sound so they can figure out where it's coming from. And they narrow it down to B deck near engineering. And Kirk asks Spock to seal the area off. So they do that. And uh, Commodore Stone's like, okay, yeah, I, I think he's alive. And Kirk is like, well, I'm, I'm going to go solve that problem. 
And he just he wants everybody to stay on the bridge. Yeah. He's like, you guys stay here. I know we're in the middle of a fucking trial, but you you chill here and I'm going to go find out if this guy is alive. So now our death counter goes back to 46 from 47. Oh, yeah. A little bit later, Kirk is walking through the corridor with his phaser and we get a really weird narration from him that's not a captain's log. It's just him talking over scenes of himself just walking through the corridor, which I didn't. I, don't, I, didn't, I think I that's the first time we got that. that. And so he's just explaining that Cogley went to the planet to bring Jamie on board the Enterprise because because he thinks that it'll make Finney easier to capture alive if they use her against him. Okay, talk about right here. He said he even said bring her on the Enterprise, but she's not on the Enterprise. I don't get it. Yeah, well, we never saw her come back to the Enterprise. Like I guess we can assume that she did. We just never saw her. Yeah, but not seeing her is a him mentioning to her is a lie though. Like technically. If if she wasn't really there, I feel like Kurt would have had her there. I, I feel like I feel like he should have showed her. I don't know. I just more yeah, situation where I feel like she should. This this episode well, kind of feels like one of the ones that they made up as they went along, or that they okay. had to heavily cut some stuff. Like that's what it feels like to me because this narration of Kirk while he's doing stuff is really weird, and they're explaining some kind of important stuff just through a simple narration. Yeah. So I feel like they're either making it up as they go along or they had to cut a bunch of shit. Okay, I, I can go with that. But Kirk continues his search while he's, uh, or while on the bridge, they notice that their orbit is beginning to decay because who could have seen that coming? Kirk is like checking out engineering and uh, Finney starts to talk to him. He's like doing that thing where he's making sure his voice you know, echoes so you can't figure out where he's coming from. And Kirk is just like searching and searching and Finney's like, yeah, you ruined my career by me, by catching my fuck up. Somehow that's your fault that I fucked up and you caught it. How dare you? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, come on. You gotta, uh, I've heard that before. You got you to gotta accept a little blame yourself, you know? Sometimes we just have to admit that we make mistakes and, that, and that's okay. Sometimes we make a mistake that blows up an entire ship killing 600 people. And you know what? It happens. You grow and you, you move on. You forgive yourself. You make a mistake that shuts down a, a line at work for hours, you know? It just happens. <laughs> yeah, you know? it happens. <laughs> it happens. You sometimes. know, when you're dealing with the antimatter stuff, you're, you're bound to blow some shit up, you know, here and there. Yeah. Nobody's perfect. Right. Kirk, uh, Kirk continues his search to the engineering room as Finney is talking to him, and then Finney manages to sneak up behind him with his phaser, and he disarms Kirk. So he's like, you know, they, they fight for a second, he gets Kirk's phaser away, and uh, Finney says that Kirk's death, he's like, well, you know, killing you wouldn't really mean too much to you, because you're going to be dead. But instead, I've sabotaged your ship, uh, the primary energy circuits, uh, like your ship's dead, so suck on that. While telling you his entire plan, the evil guy's mistake. Why'd you even mention that? Yeah. If you don't say nothing, they don't yeah. realize what's going on. They crash. Like you would have told them what you did. Now he knows what you did. Then I assume he knows he's also going to die on the ship. I guess that too. Because yeah, he's on it, and if it you know if it crashes, he's like, he, he I, ain't gonna make it either. He's like, as long as I take Kirk out, that that's all that matters. And the ship. He doesn't even have to live to enjoy it, right? So really weird here because he's got Kirk at phaser point. And Kirk just calmly walks over to this panel to call Spock. <laughs> like, he confirms it with Spock. He's like, are we, you know, are we really fucked here? And Spock's just like, yeah. And Kirk's like, oh, okay. And then he just goes back to Finney. And he's like, why would you kill these innocent people on the bridge? And Finney's like, well, they're just as much to blame for my shitty career as you are. Everybody's to blame <laughs> but, but me. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, at this point, I was like, man, Sam Finney looks like 
a lot like Willem Dafoe. Dude. And I feel like I want to see Willem Dafoe play this role Dude. now because the acting was similar. I, th- I thought the act. there's a thing though. I thought he was such a good, the guy was such a good actor and I was so annoyed about the backstory crap now. Like once I once I saw Fanny finally, I thought, oh, I love this dude's look. I like his face. I like he looks almost like he's close to going to get going deranged in a way. And yeah, I, I, I thought, thought he looked kind of exactly. like Gary Busey, yeah, like that. Yeah, Gary Busey yeah. or like yeah yeah or Gary. Okay, listen, Gary Busey is actually deranged though. That's, <laughs> That's why true. He looks like he's deranged because he is like, actually there, deranged. There's certain guys that have that kind of look about them, and I thought this guy really could pull it off well. And I, it upset me that they wasted such a good actor on this role that they didn't put the kind of uh, love into they could have backstory. And the, the, every, the yeah. backstory, like, like once you meet him, like all this, it could have been so much better. Like this, there was some of potential's episode to be amazing, amazing, a good. Yeah, I, I feel like it was a waste to talk about him for fifty yeah. minutes and then show him for five. Yeah, because this dude was yeah. solid. It was a, a really good. At, like a, what and a then waste. They start fighting. Let's we'll just skip ahead a minute. They start fighting in a minute, right? And then two seconds later. What's this big wrench doing just sitting there? <laughs> it's engineering. Really. Got wrenches about, everywhere. Oh, no, no. You see how big this wrench is? This wrench is, it's, oh my goodness. This, this wrench is, it's like, it's just sitting there. Like, you don't have a tool drawer in, in space? I don't know. But before we get to okay. that, uh, Spock tries to usher everybody to the transporter room and Commodore Stone is like, no, no. We haven't reached a verdict yeah. yet. I want to see how this goes. I want to hear this guy out. Like, what? fucking what? Like, Kirk is on trial the dude's for killing alive. this yeah. guy. He is not dead. Yeah. Case dismissed. Fucking go home. Yeah. He's like, let's let's no, see where yeah. this goes. Even though the ship like, is the, 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 is is the king, I'm at the same not time. Sure yet. Yeah, yeah. The ship's yeah. the was like, no, no. I want to, I want to see this fight. Like, you think I'm leaving? For he's he's actually. He's actually waiting for Kirk to win and kill Finney. That way he can be like, aha, proof, you did kill him. And then just fucking throw the book at him. Yeah, I just I just saw it happen. I am a witness. Yeah. Your career's ruined. Yeah. So, I, I, I forgot so about instead that of part. just leaving, yeah, they stick around. And then this is when uh, Kirk tries to perfade, pers- persuade Finney to stop what he's doing. And he explains that he's like, hey, your daughter's on board. And then Finney just fucking loses his shit. Yeah. And uh, that's when they, they have this fight. And Kirk's got a really good uh, judo throw yep. too. You can tell he he practices that karate. Yep. And this is where yeah he grabs that big ass wrench and just starts swinging Dude, it. it, it that, look uh, how big that wrench is, man! How, is it two feet, three feet? It's a wrench. Dude, <laughs> you 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 need a big wrench when you have big nuts. Okay, I guess big bolts. Oh, I'm just like they could have made it anything. They could have made it maybe I don't even know what it could have been. Well, they're in a big computer ship, big room. Parts, Why do you need a wrench in a computer room? Yeah, yeah, I don't even know. Like, it's just when I saw this big wrench, I thought they really wanted to make this a fight scene really cool, and I got what they're going for. At the same time, I'm like, really? I'm gonna spill the one of the major s- secrets of technology for you, Dan. Okay, if something is mechanical and it doesn't work right, you beat the fuck out <laughs> of it for like. <laughs> 10, 15 seconds, and then it works what? right. I mean... So when when you have something that big, like the ship, you can't just punch the ship. It ain't gonna feel it. You gotta have a <laughs> big, big fucking wrench. beaten wrench <laughs> that you just smack the shit out of it, and then it's gonna work. You know, like, that, tell me a movie where that has not worked. I mean, that's fair. It worked in Armageddon, you know, when, you know, they were trying to yeah. get off Russian the... components, American components, all made in Taiwan. <laughs> and then you just beat the fuck out of it, and it works. He's oh, not man. wrong. Yeah, that's the secret to anything electronic. You just fucking beat it. And the bigger it is, the bigger the weapon you need. Well, what do you just call Spock and like, hey, Spock, will you hit this machine for me and try not to put your hands through it this time? 
Yeah, you, well, Spock's busy right now, though, so he can't be everywhere. You just no, have to put true. big wrenches everywhere on that ship. Another thing about this fight scene I want to clarify is the fact that the stunt doubles, I hated them. I could tell where the stunt doubles were a lot. I can tell the big difference between the two guys. You know, I didn't even notice. Yeah, I, could, I, could tell. Did I. I didn't even look. I noticed. It was, it was pretty bad. So, uh, a lot of the, so anytime it's far away and you see the big re- the big moves, it's always stunt doubles. So, but huh. when they're really close, I, th- I thought Shatner did most of his own stunts. Nah, you could you could tell you can tell when it's uh, when it's they're further away. It's like they didn't want him to get hurt, so they start doing further away with everything. I mean, yeah, you'd probably don't want your uh, your main actor to to get hurt doing a bullshit little fight on yeah. a concrete floor. Yeah, it's just yeah, I, I noticed the stunt doubles. This time. I know we don't notice it as bad. I noticed a lot this time, but it, but like anytime yeah. it's close up though, it's always the real acting, which you know, so it's, it's not that bad when you're not really a movie junkie like I am. Right. So like I, I look for right. crap like that. So. So they have this fight with a little wrench and uh, Kirk manages to trip Finney and then just he gets up and Kirk just hits him the old one two just fucking knocks him out, which Kirk has like a solid hook. Yeah, he does. He's just yeah, he's he's a fighter, man. Loves that shit. Took on three three guards at once. Is there any evidence of this backstory of him being like a a boxer or anything like that? Do we know? I we, don't think we so. Haven't, we haven't said anything about his training yet. What did he go through? But and also another thing, what I mentioned at the time, we don't know what Star Trek Academy is. We don't know what kind of training they do there. Yeah, we have no idea. So maybe uh, fighting is part of their training. I'm assuming. I'm sure they do some basic hand to hand stuff. I mean, we know that they practice karate on the Enterprise. Yeah, we haven't we haven't seen much about we haven't seen much about Star Trek uh, school, which I think still to this day they could be an amazing TV show. Like get, get, yeah. uh, to get a little Star Trek cadet and start his journey all the way through, I think it'd be really cool. Pitch it to Paramount. Just get a hold of him and be like, look, I don't know a whole lot about Star Trek, but I do know that you should make a show about their schooling. The school, yeah, literally. Yeah, I think that'd be a neat uh, show to see the academy and like what you have to do to become, you know, an officer. Officer, and then I'm sure that they will, uh, they'll make that, and they'll probably credit you for it, and uh, I'm sure you might even get a cameo. <laughs> oh yeah, but be, uh, they yeah. definitely won't pretend they didn't see your idea and then make it anyway. <laughs> I think it'd be cool. I, I think, I think it's particularly because you don't even know what I don't know what age you join. I don't know if it's the 18 thing right. or if you join as a kid, like when you're younger, and it's a commitment for life, and who knows? I just it's really interesting to me. Yeah. So. uh after Kirk knocks Finney out, we cut to a uh, shot of him crawling through like a maintenance tube and he's narrating and he's, he says that Finney was like beaten and sobbing and told Kirk where he sabotaged the prime energy circuits, which I get like you could have just you could have shown so, that this narration that is super too. weird. I say you could have showed us that, which I found kind of weird. Once again, wasting the good yeah. actor. He, like he would have just, you know been sobbing Willem Dafoe when he <laughs> realizes that he has been screwing people up as a green goblin. Like we could have had yeah. that, but, but nope. So uh, Kirk finds the issue and he fixes it just by yanking some big fucking wires out wherever they were plugged in, which nobody noticed that. Yeah. Well, I yeah. guess you'd have to go in that too, but like just through general checks, nobody's like, wait a minute, these aren't supposed to be here. <laughs> I guess not. Yeah. So he fixes that issue and the crew on the bridge fixes the orbit and then stone is like all right i've seen enough of this shit uh case dismissed and that's just that that's the end of that so a little bit later on the bridge they're getting ready to leave and kirk and shaw are talking and uh she gives him a book from samuel cogley says that he would have liked to have delivered it himself but he's busy defending ben finley or yeah finney in his trial so now he's just going to work for the the madman which he's clearly guilty yeah, like, well, what's there to defend? The guy said he did it. 
Um, He's like, yeah, that was me. Everybody gets the day in court though, and and he didn't yeah. admit it. He didn't admit it in the court system. He admitted it outside in the video chat. So, man, am I not mean? Or maybe it could be mental distress. What they like to use now, mental health to explain. Oh, space madness. So now, so now that this mental health Star Star Trek, we didn't even know it existed back then for them. Space <laughs> madness to call it. <laughs> if uh, if if Cogley was a good lawyer, he would say, yeah, all of this stuff that you saw recorded from the Enterprise was recorded before the memory banks were fixed and you can't trust any of it because we just went through this. <laughs> exactly. Vinny's mm. going to be free. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, Shaw asks if it would be a complete breakdown of discipline. If a lowly Lieutenant kissed a captain on the bridge of his ship and Kirk's like, well, you know, let's see what happens. And then they, uh, they make out for a second and he, uh, he starts to like feel her up and then he like just takes off her bra and she takes off his shirt. <laughs> I'm just kidding. None of that actually happened. <laughs> you guys are like, what fucking episode were you watching? Spock's just over there like, uh, go on. Website. <laughs> yeah. It's, just, it's not a special website. Some kind of hub, I think. <laughs> that, that's some of the footage they cut out. <laughs> yeah. That's what, oh, God. That's some of the parts they had to cut to make room for everything else. Yeah. Yeah. So... Kirk says, "Yeah, well, yeah. Look, everything didn't uh, didn't get fucked up. So, see you later, and better luck next time." And so she just leaves, and then Kirk goes and sits in his chair by Spock and McCoy, and they just make this kind of joke about how Shaw is a very good lawyer. And then what's funny is like he he says that, and McCoy and Spock are both like, "Yep." Yes, she is. Like, yeah. did you guys all get with her? Is that like the general <laughs> understanding here? <laughs> well, we can assume just like, that yeah, Bones did for sure. <laughs> yeah, some Bones. Yeah, and that's uh, that's that's the end of of that well, episode. Well, see, they that went was, to uh, the Scotty episode. orgy when uh, Kirk was hunting down yeah, Finnegan. <laughs> she uh, she's talking to Bones, and she's like, "Oh, can you give me a tour of the ship?" And he's like, "Well, I'd love to beam you up, but you know, Scotty's got this thing going on." She's like, "Yeah, I know. Beam me up." <laughs> And then she just gets on there and goes to Scotty. She's like, hey, beam me up, Scotty. She he's like, Well, you're already here. She's like, Yeah, I know. Beam me up. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Paul, thoughts on this one? Um I actually liked the episode as as critical I am of it. I liked it. I thought it could have been so much better. That ought to potential to be an amazing episode. It was a good episode. But it had kind of potential to be one I remember forever. I probably won't remember this as much as I should. Most of all, even there was a lot of clothing things I I, let, I didn't really get a snack on a bad on before. There's, you know, it was just it's a cool episode. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad at all. I, I'll, I mean, if I ever watch this ever again, I probably never will. I wouldn't skip this episode. You know, I just I felt like I just feel like as a the movie junkie nerd I am, there's so much potential to make this so much better than what it was, with the backstory not being showed. They didn't show the Ion Storm. And they didn't show Finney and um, uh, Kirk's history either, so we didn't we didn't yeah. fall we didn't really fall in love with that whole relationship and felt so betrayed at the end. It was kind of just happened. So yeah, um, I'm pretty much in the same spot. There could have been more. It was okay as it was. Uh, I you know what? I probably would skip this if I was to rewatch this whole series again. I probably would skip this one, not because I think it's bad, but because it doesn't really do anything for me. Uh, that's really it. Yeah, we sh- there should have been more in there. Parts of it were really weird. I really liked the guy that played Finney, and I wish we would have gotten more of him. I feel like he, he was, he was kind of wasted on this role. Like, play, plays a good madman, that's for sure. I wish we could have just had, like, a full episode of it. So, yeah, not great, not terrible. Just kind of in between there. Dan? Uh, you guys said it pretty well. I have nothing really to add. I, I fully agree with you guys. 
Well, fantastic. That makes this nice and easy, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, so our next episode is going to be season one, episode 21, The Return of Archons, of the Archons. And, uh, the I don't think of the guys is, from StarCraft uh, Trek. It says, what, his Archons? How do you say that? Yeah, Archons. Archons? Okay, that's curious. I never It says, the Enterprise encounters a similarly peaceful civilization run by a malevolent being named Vondru, who intends to for them to join his people. So I'm assuming he can go to a planet and meet uh, some people who are Benevolent? That sounds fucking boring, dear God. <laughs> I'm, assu- I'm assuming they're going to go to a weird planet and meet some people who are supposed to be all nice and blue or evil, and then it'll get interesting, I'm assuming. Right. Um, what's funny is that I, I, you're reading those from the Amazon I, Prime. Yeah. Uh, the Paramount ones are not that detailed. They're basically just like, Captain Kirk and crew, do a thing. And then, like that's just basically oh, it. Oh no, the private video ones are kind of yeah. They, they keep it like one sentence. It's like it's like two sentences pretty much. One sentence, to call, one one two sentences normally. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, just like a, a quick couple of words on that. So yeah. it's really weird. But uh, anyway, yeah, that's that is it for us on this one. Uh, again, thank you for everybody for or thank you to everybody for listening to us. Yep. Uh, if you get the opportunity and you are listening on a player that allows you to rate us, we would appreciate a rating. That would be super cool. doesn't have to be perfect. You know, just really anything to let us kind of know how we're, we're doing and, and give us that little dopamine level of, Hey, we got a, we got a new rating. Yeah. Just pretty much, you know, critique us, be honest with us. Well, we're trying to get better. This is what 20 episodes in. So each episode, I feel like we're getting better and better. And any, any critical information you guys give us can make us better or any kind of, thoughts you might have that we should add at the end you know we're open to here so let us know yeah exactly and uh if you want to engage with us you can email us at wwstpod at gmail.com or you can add us on twitter at wwst underscore podcast and as always we are found everywhere your favorite podcasts are including now on i didn't know samsung had their own podcasting app but we're on there now so that's a thing moving on up uh, I think we're going to be on another one some other time pretty soon. I don't even remember the name of it. So <laughs> anyway, we're we're everywhere. Yeah. So again, thank you to everybody for listening. That is going to be it for me. And uh, we'll catch you next time. Later. Later.